Hey there, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Two Dare is Human. I'm your host, Adam Connor. I'm still just a shade under the weather, but the show must go on, especially today, as this is the first episode of our newest series for the show, Wonder Women. As I mentioned in the mini-sode on Monday, this is a six to eight part series, actually it'll be at least eight parts as it's looking now, in which I showcase some truly amazing females and the dares they make. Before moving on, I also want to say that I am still sourcing content for this series actively and I'd love to hear from you. So get in contact with me if you have a story or a person that I should know about, and I'll talk at the end of the episode about how you can do that. But for today, I'll be chatting with Olenka Polak, a Harvard-educated lover of film with a knack for business who, leaning on inspiration from memories of movie outings with her Polish-speaking family, traded in ivy walls for silver screens and created MyLingo, a company and app which provides officially licensed alternate language movie soundtracks which you can stream on your phone in the theater while you watch. In fact, to my knowledge, I believe it is the only way you're allowed to use your phone in the movies. Now, talk about overcoming the odds and adversity. This story has got it all. The choice to leave Harvard, which, funny enough, actually ends up working out for a lot of people. A cross-country move, breaking into the film industry and the tech industry simultaneously. Some near-crippling technical difficulties at a crucial decision point. Basically, every block there was, there was, if that makes sense. But on the other side... Deals with top movie studios and theater chains, nationwide press coverage, and a bright, bright future. I'm so happy to be featuring Alenka right here on the show, and I can't wait to have you hear her story too. So without further ado, the subject of the first part of Wonder Women, My Lingo's Olenka Polak. Okay, so I'm joined here today by Olenka Polak. She's the co-founder of MyLingo, which is an app that everybody could use in the movies, and I'll let her explain that a little bit more uh, once I have her start. But recently, they have done some pretty amazing business, uh, signing on with such organizations like Regal, Cinemark, Sony, Lionsgate, Paramount, Disney, both sides of the production business out in Los Angeles and Hollywood and all over the world now. You can hear the product that they are delivering right in your ears while you're watching a film. But before I go on, Alenka, how are you doing? Thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, absolutely. Thank you very much, Adam, for inviting me. I uh, I knew you from, actually, we met and uh, did a little bit of work uh, on a much smaller scale uh, a number of years ago, about uh, about five and a half years ago. And uh, we were working together on a student film. I was, uh, I remember performing in it, and I remember you being on sort of that production side, something which clearly you took with you uh, and uh, made the big dare and yours involved staying on that production side and moving out west and striking some pretty impressive relationships up uh, with that community there. Uh, but I did a pretty rudimentary do- job of explaining what my lingo is. Why don't you take a crack at it? Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Great, and thank you for the introduction, Adam. It's my pleasure joining you today. So um, using MyLingo app, moviegoers can download alternative language audio tracks of Hollywood blockbuster movies that seamlessly sync to the film in the theater through headphones. MyLingo app it uses the microphone on your smartphone. It listens to the film's audio track once the movie has begun in the theater. Then the app 
delivers alternative language audio through your headphones in perfect sync with the film. These audio tracks are studio-sanctioned versions of the film originally developed for international release. Also, the app is dimly lit. It transitions to a completely black screen once properly synced, so it avoids interfering with others' enjoyment of the film in the auditorium. And, yep, our company announced our partnerships last uh, December 2016, and those partnerships, studio partnerships, are with Sony, Paramount, and Disney Studios. Uh, we also, that month, announced our exhibitor partnership, meaning the movie theater companies with Regal and Cinemark Theaters. Um, and more, in the most recent news that hasn't been announced yet, over the past few weeks, we signed our fourth Hollywood studio agreement with Lionsgate Entertainment, uh, also in a multi-year partnership with them. So we're very excited. And right now, today, our immediate plan is to concentrate on the United States Hispanic consumer opportunity, meaning right now, today, on my lingo app, if you download it from the App Store or Google Play Store, you will see that there are several movies uh, that offer the Spanish language track in the United States. We are planning to expand to additional languages and additional countries by quarter three of 2017. Um, of course, one day we're going to work to including to include Polish because that's how the whole idea came about. Is is we wanted to create an app for our Polish speaking parents to join us in the theater. So uh, yeah, it's a little bit further down the list uh, than than Spanish, but it, we'll get there. Yeah, of course, of course. And uh, I do want to to jump into to that piece of the story uh, in a little bit, but it's it's just been amazing to uh, see your company grow. It's it's amazing, and also I, I think would be incredibly useful for you know folks who are living abroad who do not speak the uh, language recognized as native in that country, and while not disturbing anybody. I mean, I can think of all the times in the movie theater where they start off by saying, "Turn off your cell phones. Don't use your cell phones. Nobody use your cell phones." This is a way that you actually can get use out of that without bothering anybody else and get the experience that you basically would have back home all through things that are officially sanctioned by the studios, officially sanctioned by the distributors. Um, it's, it seems like a really amazing tool. And in fact, it's that experience of sitting in the theater, as you mentioned with your family, that kicked this whole idea off, right? Um, with you and, of course, the Polish-speaking uh, family that raised you. Yes, uh, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the the fact that movie theater companies messaged before the film to shut off the cell phone, et cetera, et cetera, because uh, they the movie theater companies such as Regal and Zimmerk have invested a lot of time, energy, and money into the messaging and training of their staff to shut down cell phones if they see them on in the theater. Uh, what we what we accomplished, which we're quite proud of is that we actually, um, how do I say this? We integrated into their training programs so that ushers and entire theater staff now know that if there is a user with headphones in the theater, that that is a MyLingo user and that they should not admonish him from using the cell phone in the theater because he's actually just using it to synchronize the language track. So, you know, that was no easy feat. Uh, to change entire training programs and adjust them to include us. And we also think it's sure. an amazing kind of operational barrier to entry for any other competitors because right now entire staffs across 900 theaters 
in the United States have been trained in, you know, per- not shutting down my lingo phones. Wow. That, yeah, that is definitely amazing. Um, that's being like, you know, you've really got the silver bullet there. Oh, you can't use your phone. Oh, except if you're using my lingo. Also, I can imagine if I'm in some theater, I don't speak English. I'm trying to listen to it and somebody bothers me. Not only am I getting bothered in the theater, but I got some usher yelling at me in some language I don't even speak. It's very confusing. I got to imagine that this was a nice win. Yes, exactly. So that, that, that was uh, an accomplishment. So let's take this back a little bit before the idea even sparked in uh, in the Harvard Innovation Challenge, which you ended up winning, which really started uh, to drive this idea of, hey, maybe I should take this professionally out west. It started with the fact that you and your family would uh, love going out and watching the movies. But the problem there was that there was really no solution as you could not understand the movie in the language that you spoke at home. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly right. And um, so that the idea came about in 2012. Uh, I started working on it with my brother. My brother's my co-founder, Adam Pollock, uh, throughout my sophomore semester. And then my sophomore fall semester. And then my sophomore spring semester is when the 2013 Harvard Innovation Challenge, I3 Challenge, took place. Uh, we entered and it was it was a series of interviews and panel uh, judges on a panel, and uh, it eventually ended up with us winning this fifteen thousand dollars prize, which is great. Um, the fifteen thousand dollars actually went a long way at the time. Uh, we desperately needed to buy me tickets to plane tickets to fly me out to Los Angeles. We needed to pay offshore developers to wireframe the initial prototype of the app and, and all of that. Um, and moreover, that, that winning that competition actually gave us some, um, some great exposure to, to our idea and, and startup that we actually, a few months thereafter in June 2013, raised a seed round of $750,000, which really uh, got the ball rolling for us because we were then able to hire developers full time. Um, and the company started to solidify into, sorry, the, the startup the idea started to solidify into an actual company. Uh, we were thereafter responsible for investor calls and hitting milestones, and things were starting to get quite serious. Um, it actually then uh, turned out that I was spending, you know, a great vast majority of my time on the company um, and a little bit of time on school that I had to then make a decision in the fall of 2013 whether, you know, I was going to – uh, try and straddle between being a co-founder of a company and a full-time student or whether it was time to take a leave and and pursue it full-time, which I then decided to take a leave and pursue it full-time December of 2013. It seems to always be the case, especially in these innovative startup stories. You have this brilliant idea that is getting a lot of traction with folks like investors and friends and developers, everybody you're pulling in who is believing in you and this idea. And all of a sudden, that real world narrative comes knocking. Oh, you got to finish your studies. Oh, you've got this steady job, whatever it is. In your case, it was the former, but uh, this was uh, enough for you to, to take that plunge. And so for you, this really was a series of actions. One, to have the idea and to insert it into the innovation challenge, which probably wasn't nearly as nerve-wracking as getting in front of these investors and getting that incredible sum of money. Because, you know, before that, I have to imagine this was an idea between 
you and Adam. This was something that you presented to a judging panel. You win. And then you go to investors. But even then, it's still just you and your brother and a little bit of money that you've put into developers. Still an idea in its infancy. I have to imagine that there was quite a bit of nerves going to that investors meeting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And writing a serious business plan and uh, projections and product milestones and all of that is completely new to me. I, like I said, I was on a track to, to, to be a filmmaker and on the production side of things. And I had no idea that I'd get so tied up in the business side of, of entertainment. And that's, yeah, that's where I'm at. Of course, of course. And so uh, when you were making that investor's pitch, and I obviously you're doing a heck of a lot of research going in, you're writing the business plan, you're making those projections. I don't know too much about the audio side or the technology side or really even the business side of filmmaking. Uh, what sort of environment were you diving into with this new idea? Was this a market that already had some players in it? Was this something that was relatively new and you had to convince investors that, hey, nobody's really ever done this before, but uh, please take a chance on us because we think it's a huge market? Like, How, how did that end up playing out? Uh, nope. So so you're exactly right. There were no other players in this space. Um, and very few companies have successfully... Uh, wrangled the Hollywood studios to do anything innovative. Um, that's not a dig at them. It's just, you know, that's just how their industry operates. But, uh, what was interesting is if you think about it, the, our business model was to take these dubbed audio tracks and price them on a per use basis, which has never happened before. I mean, Dubbing movies for a studio, sorry, when a studio dubs movies, that's just, that just folds into the production cost of a movie. You know, you have your, you have your list and you have your check boxes and check one, you know, uh, uh, mix the audio, check two, uh, color correct the, the picture, okay, check three, uh, did we, did we dub the movie, okay, in how many languages, check the box. It just folds into that. And so to get the studios thinking about, hey, 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 there's actually value on all of that dubbed audio tracks on a per use basis that the user would be willing to pay a price per use of that dubbed audio track in in conjunction with the with the picture on screen you know let's think about pricing that that asset um that was very difficult to get them to sign off on uh, so that's one two is that the studios are very particular with how third-party vendors handle their content, and they should be. I mean, you know, it's their, it's how they make their money. And if a third-party small little technology vendor asks to license, you know, a studio's movie in the theatrical window of of, of the, uh, the theatrical window, and that vendor screws something up, or their systems are not secure, or they by accident leak it, I mean, that could cannibalize the uh, potential box office for that movie because it gets leaked and pirated and no one shows up to the movies and said they're all watching it online. So right. that's, that's sort of the two main parts. Was one part was, I guess, thinking about the, thinking about the dubbed audio track as a net new revenue stream. So like a business development obstacle to overcome. And then the second part was a purely technical content security obstacle, which was, are we vetted 
as an approved third-party vendor to be able to handle this the crown jewels content of of uh, of the theatrical window audio track. It's a lot of questions that that you have to answer. I'm sure a lot of things that maybe were on your mind that weren't necessarily on your mind at first, and then people said, "Oh, by the way, do you have this? Oh, by the way, do you have that?" It seems like sooner or later you realize that the threat was not going to be from outside to your business in terms of competition, but from inside. Is to just, uh, I, I guess, the plain stubbornness, as you mentioned. You know, movie theaters don't innovate every day, and so this must have been uh, something that that even shocked them a little bit. And while this was all on your mind, I mean, that is, of course, the reason why, in part, uh, you know, school took a back seat for a little while and why the reason uh, that you you packed up and you moved everything out of Cambridge and and to LA. Why don't you talk about that, you know, first couple of first couple of months there. You're finally in the land of glitz and glamour. You are trying to make it. You've got uh, you got this funding, you got the support, but you know, at the end of the day, then I'm sure you gotta go out and you actually gotta get these deals. You know, you're jumping into you're jumping into sales efforts, you're jumping into marketing efforts. I'm sure you have a great network as you've built this seed round. But but still, it's it's on you, and every single time, it's a it's a new challenge, it's a it's a new obstacle, it's a new question. But uh, talk a little bit about in those first couple months, especially, um, you know, the, the drive and persistence that it took to to get beyond all of the, I guess, all the jitters. Uh, yeah. So I mean, Los Angeles, yeah, land of the glitz and glamour. It wasn't so glitz and glamorous for my brother and I when we first moved here. I mean, we were. We were bootstrapped, early stage startup, um, working out of my apartment, um, you know, trying to take, trying to take meetings with big studios and, and, um, you know, there are some horror stories that we encountered. For example, one time I had a big demo at Sony. So we had a prototype of the app and it like so barely worked, but it just worked just enough for us to at least show Sony that we've made progress on our app because otherwise they're going to just lose interest with such short attention spans and move on to, to other initiatives. So Adam on, cause he's the CTO and he heads up the product development. He, he just barely had a prototype that would stink sometimes. And I had to just go run with it and demo it. So we set up a meeting and there's a bunch of C-level executives there. There's a meeting of like 12 people. Um, and in order to do the demo, I needed to actually go into the Sony offices a day early and download the prototype of MyLingo on each of their phones. Um, the reason being because usually for product demos, you like have the devices there already preloaded with the app and with earphones and everyone sits down, but we didn't even have enough money to buy 12 iPhones or earphones so I needed to ask all the executives if I could download the prototype on their phones and they had to bring their own earphones to bring to the demo the next day so I go wow. in a day early and I go and I like make an appointment five minute appointment with each of these guys um, I knock on the doors and I take their cell phones and I preload my link on their phones in, in, in another office uh, and what hmm. happens is that at the time there wasn't really great um, how should I call this there wasn't really great application yet for for prototype apps meaning test flight which is right now the the program that you use to put like beta versions of apps and, and to test them wasn't really like too developed at that time yet and so there's this crazy complicated way using x i don't know there's just there's a really long convoluted way of putting prototypes on phones for apps 
at the time in 2012 or 13, whatever it was, or 13. Yep. Um, and so I, I went through each of the phone and I'm not technical. Um, I went through and then what happened is like a five minute appointment turned into a 20 minute appointment for each of their phones because I didn't know uh, some, some error was happening. Um, which is tough because as an executive of a big, huge global corporation, being away from your phone from 20 minutes is just, you know, it's already setting off the meeting on a bad start. So, um, okay, so it took me about 20 minutes for phone. All right, all right. I got to, like, phone number seven or number eight, and I started noticing something weird. I was like, why is my lingo, why is the, why is the home screen on this phone blank? It keeps on going blank meaning the cell phone, the executive cell phone. I looked into it and I go, oh, my gosh, I've been putting my lingo on people's phones, and in exchange, I've been wiping their entire phone. And oh, I didn't my know. Yeah, and I was returning these people's phones with their phones wiped. And I, on my laptop, started noticing all this stuff started uploading to iTunes and to my backup disk, and I was like, holy cow, I've been – extracting all of these people's data onto my laptop and handing them back a wiped phone. Oh, but, you know, the one thing they had on their phone was a friggin' MyLingo prototype. And so, yeah, that wasn't really great. Not really great. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just horrible. And so I had to go the next day in the uh, to the demo and apologize um, to everybody for wiping their phones. And... Lo and behold, the demo was not working. <laughs> oh my god! So, so I so so let me just summarize all of this together because I took a long time explaining that. Sorry. The summary is step one: uh, somehow wrangle twelve C-level executives to go to this dinky demo. That's one. Two: ask to borrow their phone for twenty minutes, which is a lot to ask these people. Anybody really. Step three: wipe their phone. Step four. Ask them to attend a demo the next day. Take time out of their busy schedules. And then the last step is that the demo doesn't work in the end. So, like, just, That's... you know, glitz and glamour and, oh, yeah, like, you know, moved out west to start this big, bad technology company. Like, there are humble beginnings. It was not fun in the beginning. And then, you know, fast forward today, Sony is one of our multi-picture, multi-year partners, but it took a lot of work to – clean up that relationship and reverse all of the troubles we've first started out with. I can imagine. That is quite the story and had to be quite the, the uh, God, I was talking about nerves and jitter. I mean, like that's straight. I just melt into the floor. I'm thinking, you know what? I'm thinking about my 2013, all right? And I'm, I, let's just assume, and I don't know if he was in the meeting, let's assume that like Mike Linton's in that meeting, right? And for the listeners, Mike Linton was the CEO of Sony pictures was it i'm not sure exactly what is it just television i think it was the whole deal right and i am in 2013 i had an interaction with michael linton but it was because i was i was part of well he was in new york city we were honoring him at a gala i was part of the hasty pudding which again listeners this is a theatrical troupe that was up at harvard uh and the the long and the short of it is it's a half drag show so it's all it's 12 men in the cast six are in men's roles six are in females roles and so your 2013 consisted of going and pitching this great new business idea, great technological innovation, driving the entire silver screen business forward. Uh, and I was dancing around uh, in a nurse costume on Michael Linton's table. And uh, that is just, I'm, I'm now sitting here talking to you and I'm like, wow, 
things really uh, things really turned out differently for us there. We after that student film in eleven, we really we split. <laughs> we really split down two different uh, two different tracks. Yeah, I mean, no, because guess what? You dancing the nurse costume on a table is just as I'm not gonna say I'm, I'm cracking joke. It's just as humiliating as being in front. <laughs> Hey, I was a, no, I was the ugliest nurse. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it's just fun. It's just funny to juxtapose, but like, my God, if I were in your position, like I might as well have just dressed up in a nurse costume and walked out of the room because I, I I don't know if I would have been able to carry on, but you did. And not only sealed that deal, but, uh, have now sealed deals with at least, because that's all we've mentioned three other uh, you know, companies like this. And then on the other side with the theaters, of course, I mean, you're all over the place. You're convincing uh, folks to change their entire training uh, schedules to include, hey, no phones except for the use of MyLingo. I mean, that's incredible brand power. It's incredible recognition. I'm sure it puts up a great barrier. Not only were you breaking them down for yourself, but then putting them up again behind you for other competitors to compete. I mean, that's that's an incredible, incredible story. And here we are today. Uh, you are, you know, very well entrenched in that niche. And I know that, uh, you know, we've posted a little bit of breaking news here about the upcoming deal, but uh, let's just talk about 17. You know, we've just started off the year. We're a month in. Um, you've got, I'm sure, a lot of other plans. You've talked a little bit about the expansions by Q3 with other languages, hopefully getting to Polish sometime in there. Uh, but uh, why don't you talk a little bit about what you are looking at for for 17? Like by the end of 17, what do you hope to have accomplished for, for the company? What do you hope to have accomplished for yourself in terms of just overall growth? Yeah, so the end of uh, 2017, what we want a user to see on the app is in the United States, French, Italian, German, Spanish, those four languages at minimum. Um, we also want our user base to be beyond folks who live in the United States. We would like to expand to Canada, including French for the dual language requirement, Latin America for the reverse case scenario in that you could download the English version of the movie to synchronize because the dubbed version in Spanish is playing through the theater. So those folks who want to actually listen to George Clooney's voice instead of dub actor and the same reverse case, um, uh, the same reverse case in Germany because Germany plays movies dubbed in German. However, German uh, natives um, over index for their preference for the English language in movies. And right now they can't have that. That's exactly the footprint we want to have by the end of 2017, expanding to three additional international territories and three additional languages in the United States. Wow. Well, I, uh, I surely hope the best for you there. Um, I'll be keeping track. In fact, the reason that I decided to reach out to you in the beginning, uh, as I had mentioned to you before we started recording, but just for listeners' sake, you know, I started the idea for this show in late 2016, um, thinking back on my time, not making the, the jump. I had a choice between taking uh, a steady job, which I, I took now and which I enjoy, and acting in Hollywood under under a manager who who believed in me. And I have now been going out there and trying to find those people who took that other route and who are who are making great stories out of it and showcasing them and talking about them as much as I can, maybe giving myself and others the inspiration to do so. And uh, so I'm so glad to, to have you on here. And I think it's a great segue into uh, the first of the final two questions that I ask everybody that I interview. The first uh, is about pushing somebody towards a dare. And the second one is about shameless self-plugging. But I'll start with the first. 
say there is somebody out there. They are just let's let's liken them to you. They're in school. They have a passion. It could be the arts. It could be tech. It could be business, music, sports management, whatever it is. They have this great idea. Maybe they've gotten some support from friends, from teachers, from early investors, from anybody, but they still have that crossroads that you yourself came into. Do I stay on this real world narrative or do I jump in and I do something new? You've had this journey now for coming up on, looks like four years since 13 when you made the move out west from uh, the halls of Harvard. If you encountered somebody who was in that position and they were on the edge of the cliff with all the parts of the plane getting ready to build it on the way down but not having jumped, based on what you've learned or maybe what you've heard from a mentor, what's one piece of advice that you would give them that might just give them that push? Do it. Absolutely do it. Um, it I, passion is energy. Energy is hard to destroy. Um, I believe it's always there and, and it's just begging for you to act on it. Um, in which case, you know, energy also competes for your attention. Um, if you don't act on that energy, you could be, you could be, uh, di not giving as much attention to whatever other priority that you're considering at the time. And so act on it. Do it. Go for it. When that passion dies, if it dies, if that energy is no longer there, all right. And you've exhausted it, and at least you know exactly where it took you at the end. And that's that's the important part. I think that you can't ignore those feelings, and you have to absolutely act on them. It's great advice. I mean, that's really at the end of the day what it is. Just do it. Keep doing it. Go ahead. Wipe a couple phones. Uh, you know, <laughs> but just keep on keep on trucking. In the end, you you could just have a, an amazing bank of stories under your belt. Yep. And uh, it's a bank of stories that, that I hope you continue to tell and through your business, uh, obviously, hope you continue to tell many stories from the silver screen through uh, my lingo now and into the future. The last question that uh, I want to ask is simply, if folks are intrigued by this idea as they, I hope they are, because I certainly am, and you know, people who are frequent travelers, people who are expats, people who are speaking different languages in foreign countries, how can they get in touch uh, with you? How can they interact with MyLingo? Um, you know, where can they find it? On the App Store, on the Google Play Store in the United States, if you are interested in the Spanish language track of movies. Like I mentioned, our goal is by the end of 2017 to expand to other languages and other territories. But today, if you are a Spanish speaker in the United States, I fully invite you to enjoy the amazing library of movies that are on my lingo today guys go and do it you know if you want if you want the experience or if you need it in the theater uh my lingo is absolutely uh the service that you should be using and that you should have on your phone and like we said no usher's gonna gonna bother you for it because it's totally allowed olenka Polak. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with me here on the show. I wish you all the best of continued success. Uh, I look forward to, to reading more stories coming across my social timelines uh, in the way of developments for, for my lingo. And wow, what a story. And I hope you continue to tell it. Thank you so, so much, Adam, for inviting me. And um, if you need anything else, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do this again. This was just uh, a pleasure. So appreciate it. As Alenka mentioned, you can find MyLingo on the App Store and the Google Play Store. They're also on Facebook and Twitter, at MyLingoApp. And for more info, head over to MyLingoApp.com. Alenka, it was lovely to have you. Hope to chat with you again soon.
Make sure you keep following To Dare is Human by subscribing to the show wherever you get your podcasts. I say it again and again, and I'll say it again here. The best way to keep improving this show for you is through your feedback. So make sure to leave a rating and review on iTunes if you like what you hear, and I'll shout you out right here on the show. And as I said at the beginning of this episode, please also reach out to me if you have a story or a person that I should feature in this series. Likewise, I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, all at ToDareIsHuman, and also by email, hello at ToDareIsHuman.com. All right, that's it for now. That's enough for this episode of the show and the first part of Wonder Women. Thanks for tuning in. I'll have another part next Wednesday following the mini-sode. Until next time, I'm your host, Adam Connor. Have a good one, keep daring, and I'll see you later. Later.